0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Real wolves are social creatures. They need and crave a group to belong to in order to survive and thrive. The same is true for your Minnesota Timberwolves. Now join host Henry Lake. As he gets an inside look with another prominent member of the
1: club, this is Life in the Pack. Welcome to another edition of the Life in the Pack podcast, where we talk to players, past and present, and executives with the Minnesota Timberwolves organization. I'm your host, Henry Lake, and today I get a chance to talk to a member of the front office that many of you have likely seen but don't necessarily know. Chu Pettigrew is the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer for the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx and he joins us here today on the podcast. Hey, True, it's a pleasure to uh, to talk to you
2: today on Life in the Pack. Yes, yes, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Henry. I, I, every time I see you, man, you, you smiling, you bring good energy. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'll get more of the same today. Hey, keep that thought because I got something for you here in just a little bit with regards to
1: positive energy. Um, I regard you as a fresh face with the organization.
2: Um, you were hired, what, a, a, about a year and a half ago. Is that correct? That is correct. Going on two years. I think it will make two years this this fall. Yeah.
1: OK, so for the listening audience out there, what is your executive duties and role with the organization? Because you've you were hired for one job and you did so well in that job. You've already
2: been elevated to the uh, the current role that you have now. Yeah. No, thank you for that. My current role is chief diversity and inclusion officer for the Timberwolves and the Lynx. And that involves me providing uh senior level strategic guidance and direction to make sure we are making our organization the most inclusive and equitable it can possibly be for any and everyone that walks through those doors. So that's the internal focus. And also making sure we are leveraging our position and our influence in this region and throughout the Twin Cities in the state of Minnesota to address any levels of inequities uh, or disparities that may exist for any of the audience where we all live, work and play.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure that you've been really, really busy because diversity and inclusion has been um, a focal point, I, not just here in, in Minneapolis or in Minnesota, but all over the country with everything that's occurred in our country over the course of the last three or four years. So I'm assuming that you've been uh, hard at work, man.
2: Yeah, it's it's been busy. It's been really busy. And, you know, someone asked me recently, do does what I do make me happy, right? And you get that question a lot. And I and I really had to pause and think about that, Henry. And the, the answer to that question and the honest answer in full transparency was not, not always. And that's not that I don't love what I do because I do, but to your point, a lot of the, the tragedies that we've experienced, a lot of the inequities that we see, that does not always make me happy. But the ability to affect change in doing the work that I do, it it does always bring me joy. It is fulfilling. So I I do draw that distinction. So let's
1: get to who you are and where you came from, because we all have a story, right? So so where are you from originally? Because I know that you've lived or you're maybe from Cary, North Carolina. Is that correct? Oh, wow. Look at you. Okay, so
2: we've talked more than I've realized. (laughs) Well, you know,
1: I I try to do a little research, try to do a little research for the podcast.
2: (laughs) No. um, So originally I am from Baltimore. I grew up in Baltimore. Okay. so I grew up in Baltimore, went to school in Atlanta, went to DeVry University. And then I've lived uh, a number of places since then. I've lived in uh, D.C., I've lived in New York, I've lived in L.A., uh, I've lived in Boston. And I did move here from Cary, North Carolina. Cary was the last place I was before coming here to Minneapolis.
1: You know, that's that's interesting, man, that you've lived so many places. And there's some, um, you know, me being a guy that's lived in Kansas City, where I was hosting there for five and a half years and, and spent time in Atlanta as well. It's just... I think it's really cool in life where a person can, because I know that we're always going to be biased towards where we're from, right? And where we grew up in our hometown, all that. But I really am somebody that promotes to young people to get out in the world and really see the world and, and, and live in different places, if indeed it's possible for you to do that.
2: I mean, I agree with that 100 percent. And and not knowing, like I can look back on it now and, and it's really interesting is that, And I'm a big believer, and I can say this now because of my lived experiences, is that the sooner we are exposed to different people, places, and things like early on in life, the more comfortable and familiar and, and dare I say, empathetic that we can become to diverse people, places, and things later on in life. And so I, I really look at the journey that I've been on as practice and preparation for the work that I've been called to do.
1: Yeah, we're talking to True Pettigrew, the uh, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer for the Minnesota Timberwolves and Links here on the Life in the Pack podcast. So I saw recently a promo that you did for an internship for students at historically black colleges and universities uh, for the uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves and for the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that, man. I love what the NBA is doing to promote HBCUs right now. And I am a, a proud alum and a proud graduate of Morehouse College. So I love the uh, the connection that uh, the league has with HBCUs right now and all of the um, promotion that we're getting from Chris Paul and other guys out there that are really trying to make this thing happen
2: and talk about the, you know, uh, and talk about the importance of HBCUs. No, man, I was very excited when the NBA NBA launched its NBA HBCU fellowship uh, initiative as well, which is why you, if you've seen some of the content that I've shared, I, I got behind it. And we, as the Timberwolves and Lynx organization, we got behind it full force and, and helping to promote this opportunity with HBCUs, um, not just specifically to come into our organization, to come into the Timberwolves or the Lynx organization, but really for the benefit of those students to let them know that, hey, this is an opportunity that exists for you. And this, the, the interview series that we hosted was in an effort to equip and prepare them as best as we could to hear from executives throughout the NBA. Uh, I, I hosted this series and spoke with executives from the Brooklyn Nets, from the Charlotte Hornets, from the Cleveland Cavaliers, from other teams so that they the, the students could hear the perspectives of black executives across the NBA to help better prepare them for the application process and what to expect for those that land the fellowship, but even beyond that, for those that may not land the fellowship, because it'll be 60 uh, students that will be working across teams this summer as part of this internship, as part of this fellowship from HBCUs. But I also wanna encourage other HBCU students to know that they have pathways to employment and career opportunities in the NBA whether they are able to be selected as a part of this this summer's fellowship or not. I want them to be thinking about that and understanding that and seeing people that look like them that are at at, at executive levels throughout the league to give them both the inspiration and the aspiration to to pursue opportunities in the NBA.
1: I just think it's great. I, I really do. And I think that the NBA has always been that type of league that's always expressed um, wanting to have a connection with um, with students from HBCUs because I know in my experience when I was graduating from Morehouse and I was working the, um, the 96 Olympics on my way out right after graduating, um, I had written to several NBA basketball teams. I sent letters um, asking about internships and opportunities, and a bunch of those organizations sent me um, a letter back just kind of talking about their protocol and what they do or do not do. But there was one specific individual that – wrote me a handwritten letter back. Mm-hmm. And his name was Pete Babcock. And at the time, he was the president and general manager of the Atlanta Hawks. And I ended up getting the opportunity to meet him at the Olympics. And I've always been a big fan of his, even before writing him in the first place. And lo and behold, his brother, Rob, Uh, was in the basketball operations department of the Timberwolves at the time. And so he said, hey, when you go back home and you're starting your new job and all that stuff, whatever, make sure that you make a connection with my brother. So that just really speaks to what the NBA has always been about.
2: Yeah, and and I'm so excited to be a beneficiary of that. And so since coming into the league myself, I've had the opportunity to connect with other executives that have given me the, the time and our own CEO here at the Timberwolves and Lynx, Ethan, Ethan has been phenomenal. And, you know, Ethan, his level of, of, of awareness, his mindfulness, his sensitivities to some of the cultural nuances that I may be required to navigate, that he may not be as familiar with, took it upon himself to introduce me to people like Fred Whitfield, the CEO of the Charlotte Hornets. And Fred is, has been phenomenal and kept his doors and his lines open for me. And even that has extended to some of the folks you may have seen on that interview series. Um, Gentleman, Seth Bennett, who's the chief marketing officer over over at the Hornets. And so even though I am in the league and I am at an executive level, having those trusted voices, having those credible voices of those that have uh, come before me and navigated these these spaces is, is beneficial for me even at this level. So I know how important that will be For young people just walking into the league and 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 my hat off to the NBA to 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 be uh, uh, aware enough to know the importance of having those types of, of leaders in place to provide guidance and direction for the next generation.
1: You know, true. What is it like transitioning or starting a new role, or new job in the midst of this pandemic?
2: Oh, man, it's uh, very challenging, to, to, to be honest, right? And, and one of the things that first came to mind for me as we started this, this language of, of social distancing uh, in the midst of the pandemic, because I started right in the middle of the pandemic, as you know, and, it, it, and in my mind, and you know, largely because of the work that I do and my experiences, I've had an understanding that we are all social beings and the importance of socialization and so that that stuck in my mind, it's like, wow, like social distancing is going to hinder the ability to truly connect with people on, on a human level. And so I said, okay, I, I understand the rationale behind it. It's more about physical distancing, but I took it upon myself to be as deliberate and intentional as possible to leverage the technology that's available available to us to socialize as much as I could with the, the people that I knew I needed and wanted to build relationships with, whether that was phone calls, whether that was Zooms or Teams meetings, because the, what what I think people don't understand, and particularly in the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion, I've learned this oh so well and early on, is that the, 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 the building of relationships and the change and evolution that we all want to achieve is much more, emotional than it is intellectual just receiving and gathering information is not where the connection happens it's not where the change happens it's through our willingness and ability to spend time and connect with people on on a human level and so even as i see a lot of organizations that are entering into the diversity space and providing these trainings uh, just providing information that people can store in in their mind That is not enough. We have to create opportunities for us to allow people to connect what's in the head to what's what's in the heart. And that is putting people in the same spaces together to allow them to get to know each other on on a human level.
1: We're talking to True Pettigrew, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer for the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx here on the Life in the Pack podcast. Now, man, I got to I got to bring this up. You've done some cool things even way before working for the Timberwolves organization Uh, You're an author. You wrote a book, Millennials Revealed.
2: Tell me about that. Uh, Again, man, practice and preparation until I realized what the true calling was on my life. It's all preparing you to 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 walk into that 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 calling. And so that book was written as a a need that I saw at a time when millennials were just being vilified and demonized, man. People were like, who are these people? Like what? <laughs> like they were taking over, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was feeling bad because in my advertising and marketing career, I spent a lot of times with that audience, not being a member of the millennial generation myself, but I spent a lot of time studying and, and, and interacting and engaging with the millennial audience because my areas of responsibility when I ran my agency was primarily helping my clients to connect with youth, young adult, and multicultural audiences. So they were the youth and young adults at the time. And so as organizations were struggling with trying to understand how to connect with millennials in the marketplace, that's where I uh, provided a lot of value to my clients when I was in advertising and marketing. And then as the millennials uh, aged and Gradu- went to college and graduated from college and were now going into the workforce. A lot of those same organizations were were struggling and, and quite honestly complaining about how to integrate millennials into the workplace and with casting all of these labels and stereotypes on them. And I said, all right, look, let's let's just stop. Uh, and I wanted to help people understand how to build those bridges across the generational divide and really provide a guide to help people understand how to Uh, how to to connect across the different generations. And so Millennials Revealed was born out of a need and a desire to help organizations understand how to build those bridges across the generational divides.
1: Yeah, that's pretty dope, man. That's pretty dope. You know, and and we've chatted just a few times, but the one thing about you that I like is your energy. Um, You give off good energy, good vibes, and that can be infectious in such a positive way. What would you say is your best attribute?
2: Uh, thank you. Uh, now, aside from my good looks, that's what I'm assuming that's, what you, <laughs> I, I'm assuming that's where you're going with this. Right. Just in, OK, because I think, well, you know, I think that part is a given. So I'll, I'll go beyond that. right? <laughs> um, now, thank you for for that feedback on that from the energy standpoint, man. And, and, and I do. I do believe that's important. Uh, I I would say, at least from what I've been told, is my uh, ability and willingness to listen to To hear, to allow people to 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 be heard and to truly give them voice, uh, that's so. That's some of the feedback I've received is my ability and willingness to listen. Yeah, that's
1: a great attribute, to be honest with you, because because a lot of a lot of folks aren't able to look past themselves and 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 focus on the needs of others and hearing other people out. So I'm that that's that's pretty awesome there. Now the Timbrels have had a reputation as a franchise that has struggled to win basketball games literally since day one. But right now it feels like things are just way different. As someone on the inside, what do you see or what do you um, feel like this where this team is headed currently uh, with their trajectory?
2: Oh man, it feels good, man, it feels good. And the, the one thing that I will say to that is that you you reference the energy. I will say the energy is phenomenal right now. Uh, I, I believe people are operating and moving with a sense of purpose throughout the entire organization. And, and someone that is on the inside, and you've been around sports for a long time, you you get this where maybe the average fan doesn't understand this, it has to permeate throughout the entire organization because everyone has an impact. This is multiple body parts of the same body, the players one component the coaches are another component uh the executive leadership team is another component from the ceo the CEO the coo and all of those roles and the the, the 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 communications team right the pr team the it team i mean it it's all different body parts of the same body and i feel like the the members of the body are coming together and recognizing how to operate with a sense of purpose to contribute to the greater good of the total body. If one element or component of that body is ailing or is, is damaged or is hurting or is is, is is weak, then it's going to affect the performance of the entire body. Like if you have a sore ankle, like that, I don't care how strong your biceps are, how strong your your quads are, like the rest of the body is gonna feel the pain of that sore ankle. And the the, the body is not going to operate at its full capacity, and I think we are at a point where all the different body parts are operating with a sense of purpose and that's giving off good energy to everyone.
1: See, now you're about to have me and my feelings thinking of mentally about preparing for this uh, workout today, man. When I, to, <laughs> when I get to lifetime, I'm gonna be all, you know, true said, you know, you gotta get you, you know, get past that ankle. You gotta get past these these aches and pains, you know. So hey, come <laughs> on, man. You can't skip leg day, bro. You can't
2: skip leg day.
1: <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it. I'm in Target Center right now, and this is where I like to get my leg days in, so it's all good. Um, we're just coming off the NBA All star weekend in cleveland and what did you think of carl anthony towns man winning the nba all-star three-point contest
2: man i'm so proud of him and so happy for him i mean as you know you know having a relationship with the players you kind of know that their hearts and their passions and their drivers and i know he left here going to cleveland uh on, on a mission and to fulfill that mission and he was focused and he wanted to do that for a whole host of reasons and what i love about carl is it was not for selfish reasons and i think again and it goes back to i think where the the success is coming from the organization is that i think we're all understanding that it's it's a heart condition if you will where the desire to to give has exceeds the expectation to receive. Nothing that is being done is being done out of a, a selfish intention. And I know that he, uh, uh, you know, on the surface, you know, wanted to make sure he established his place and his legacy. But I also know that there were some other very personal and emotional drivers behind that performance. So I am extremely happy for him and proud of him. All right. You have you have a son, right? I do. Nine year old son. My young prince, Austin. Shout out to Austin. All right. Shout out to Austin. Does your son ever
1: bug you true um, and be like, dad, I want to meet all the players. I've never asked that question of a team executive, but I'd imagine, you know, like young kids, they want to just, you know, their parents to just roll up on the players (laughs) 24-7.
2: Oh man. So because I know my wife is probably, she might hear this. I'm going to have to be, I'm going to keep it a buck. Is that the right language? <laughs> is that what the, is that how they use Keep it I'm a buck say, or keep man? it 100? Yeah. And and all right, I'm going to be completely honest, man. So he loves basketball, but he loves football. So if I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I first got the job, He's nine years old, right? So he was seven when I first got the job. So when I first got the job, he said, Dad, are they going to let you work with the Vikings, too? Like, I don't even think he understood. Like, he just knew I was going to be working in, you know, with the Timberwolves in Minnesota. <laughs> I believe if I were working in the NFL, he might be asking me that. Now he's met some of the players, yeah. right? He's had the, the opportunity to meet some of the players. Wait, he loves he, his, he
1: loves basketball, but he loves football. It's like your son
2: is an Anthony Elbridge clone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he loves Ant. He loves Aunt, <laughs> right? And so he's been around the players, but and my wife, where I said I'm I have to keep it a buck. And do you have kids, Henry? I do not. Oh man, well, I was gonna say, man, somebody help us out, right? So <laughs> cuz like he is and we're we're fortunate that we're able to provide the life we're able to provide for him but like he thinks this is normal bro mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. He, so he he's not tripping you know what i mean he just he's he's able to lead a life when he he's able to go to different events have different experiences and we're extremely grateful and proud of that um but he's not he's he's not that kid he just thinks he's he's supposed to be able to do stuff like that.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, man. We are so I like I don't have any children yet, knock on wood. I'm still gonna try to work on that. But it's just it's weird how when you're in this space, people that that maybe they are friends of yours, but maybe not like in your inner inner circle or small circle. I keep my circle small. They don't know every single nuance. They don't know every single thing. So like, for instance, I know you get this way worse than I get it, but I still get it. People be like, well, hey man, can you hook your boy up with some tickets? I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. ticket master. Right, right. Just, right don't, yeah. you, know, you you think I'm just gonna whip out the Timberwolves app and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna break you off like a dozen tickets, man, bro. <laughs> what you talking, man? That is crazy, man. We're talking to True Pettigrew, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer for the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx here on the Life in the Pack podcast. I'm your uh, podcast host, Henry Lake. All right, so any crossover with any superstars growing up? Or in school? And what I mean by that is everybody seems to have that person or persons that they may have known or went to school with that became famous, that brush with fame. Anybody for you?
2: Um, Not so much that I went to school with, but um, as I was growing up, and I think you know, I think you know this because you, you seem to know a lot. So you probably know this. And if you don't, I'm probably just telling on myself right now. But, you know, when I graduated college, I didn't want to pursue a career in engineering. So I moved to L.A. to become a rap artist. And so did I did not know that. A, yeah. So I was a rapper for about three years of my life, man, living in L.A. Like, that's what I did. That's Hold how on.
1: I hold ate. on. Hold on. Actually, I did see that pop up on Google. I just thought it was a different true, to be honest with you.
2: And so I. um. Yeah, I. Uh, that's how I ate for about three years of my life. So during that time when I was in L.A., there were other people who were kind of the whole starving artist thing that were starting their careers at that time or in the early stages of their careers. And so I was able to build relationships with um, a lot of people that I would um, kind of see on a regular basis and kind of hang out with on a regular basis. And so that, that was pretty cool. I mean, in some of those like, Man, I remember um, hanging out with the uh, with, with with Cube and, and, and Kd and Tradey and, and and all of those, and hanging out with Snoop and um, like Gary Owens, who's the comedian now, like yeah. and uh, DJ Quick, like names a lot of people may may or may not even know, like um, like uh, Derek or D Nice is a, is a yep. good friend. So um, yeah, I've I've had the good fortune um just based on the the path that my journey has taken me on um to meet a lot of peoples who have uh have uh, or celebrities now quite honestly yeah notoriety
1: yeah that's awesome man uh, rest in peace to my um my um my brother that i went to school with and graduated uh Morehouse with uh Shakir Stewart he actually he was in the uh Oh Shake oh yeah. man Shake was one of my oh yeah,
2: my he gosh, was one of my guys
1: bro. man yeah we graduated yep yep and he had risen to the uh you know to be the top executive and president of uh, of Def Jam Records many many years ago so also uh, so yeah that was a, a good friend of mine um yeah
2: that it, was uh, a yeah. Shake and I spent some time together as well man yeah. i didn't know that yeah good
1: guy good guy yep straight out of Oakland he was representing Oakland yep. California <laughs> All
2: right, so yep.
1: you are also, aside from being an author, a motivational speaker. Um, what is the advice or message that is that that you feel has passed along to you the the best message that's been passed
2: along to you actually throughout the years? Oh man, something that I find myself telling uh, telling young people in particular often is to to, to trust your <sighs> gifts. Right. We all have been given tremendous gifts and we all have been given unique gifts. And I just want to encourage people to to trust your gifts, your your gifts work, your gifts make room. And it can be intimidating at times when you find yourself in certain spaces because, you know, your, your gifts make room. They open doors and they will allow you to be in spaces that you may not have thought you would be in. And that can be intimidating. Right. And, you know, just to kind of go back to the diversity, equity and inclusion language, you know, the the psychological term that we uh, 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 apply to it is imposter syndrome. You don't feel like you belong, particularly if you are in the minority and the dominant majority of the people in certain spaces and rooms don't look like you. Uh, just know that you belong there. You you belong there. You are good enough. You are smart enough. You are talented enough. You are gifted enough. Uh, you, you belong there. Trust your gifts. That's awesome. All right, we always close it out or I always close
1: it out with a couple of rapid fire questions, Drew. And I appreciate your time here on the Life in the Pack podcast. So the, the first rapid fire question is, uh, and this is where I you know, mentioned something and kind of briefly tell me what come comes to mind. Uh, what is your favorite city and why?
2: Um, my favorite city, uh, I would have to say Baltimore because that's the city that raised me.
1: The television show that became your funniest, or uh yeah, your your favorite—not funniest, but favorite binge-watching experience.
2: Favorite, oh man, yeah, cool bro, that's so many. And just give me, so, just, just give me one or two. Give me one or two. Okay, I'm gonna go with um the the Wire, right? Oh, so come on, that's with...
1: Baltimore. Come on now,
2: <laughs> come on, Omar,
1: come on now. That that's that was my that's my favorite
2: binge watching experience of all time bro the wire is so real and let me just tell you like that was truly art imitating life
1: Hmm. that's what's up man that's crazy um as an author yourself your favorite book other than your own
2: uh, favorite book. I, I have a few. Uh the Bible is my favorite book of all time.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
2: then How to Win Friends and Influence People by by Dale Carnegie is is right up there. Um Between the World and Me by Tanahisi Yeah Coates. Yep. Uh is is on that list. Uh The Alchemist, I'm a big fan. So, and I know you said book, but the, the those are several.
1: All right. So the final thing for you, and this is uh, you got to go outside of the Timberwolves organization. OK, that's the one caveat. Who is your favorite player in the league
2: currently? Currently. Yep. OK, so you threw. I, I, I was already ready to go with all time, but you said currently. <laughs> currently. Uh, outside of the Timberwolves? Yes. Outside of the Timberwolves. Yep. Um, KD, man. Yeah, he's, KD, he's Kevin Durant, man. He's just he's 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 a cheat code, bro. He's he, he's special. Yeah, he's special.
1: I mean, I just that display that we saw from Steph. Whew, that was amazing. Oh, my God. I'm a LeBron guy. Clearly, you know, I mean, I like I like them all. I- I- I'm
2: team LeBron all day, though. Yeah, no, no, like can't take nothing away from from LeBron. And yeah, yeah. and Steph, oh, love, love Steph. And yeah. I love Steph. Yeah, I mean, what we saw him do yesterday was unbelievable. Uh, but when I just think of someone who was the the, the the full package, man, it's just nothing he can't do.
1: Yeah, yeah, you are correct, man. KD is the man. Hey, True, man, it's a pleasure to have you here on the Life in the Pack podcast. Uh, Life in the Pack podcast guest today, True Pettigrew, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer for the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right. Thanks, Henry. My pleasure. All right. Take care.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.